Welcome to the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll Podcast. I am one of your two co-hosts, Brandon. And with you, as always, is Tyler. Tyler, it never fails. You're always there. I'm always Every there. single time you answer the bell and you show up and you're in that chair. I mean, I'm reliable. I put that on my resume. Reli- reliability and dependability. Absolutely. Tyler Bentley. Great interview answers, Tyler. If anybody interviews Tyler, those are his two biggest assets, I think. I'm going to say it. I just said it out loud for you. Well, thank you, sir. That's very kind. Yeah, absolutely. So we're really excited about this one. This is going to be the first show that we actually put out the entire audio and visual show on social media and on YouTube. This is a pretty big one. We're filming the whole thing. What? We're, we're putting this... The whole video is going to be out there. The whole enchilada. Holy cow. The whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> the whole ball of wax. Wow. Does that I- make you nervous? How how are people going to watch this on if they want to watch it on video? How will they get to it? Well, first of all, you should look us up on Facebook. That's the biggest one. Follow us on Facebook. We're going to try to put as much video content as we can. Also, go to our website, LexBuds.com. We're going to upload the YouTube videos. These will be on YouTube. We'll upload the full shows. So we will continue to release the audio shows, just like we always have. If you're subscribing to our podcast, you can watch us wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I feel like there's 50 different podcast services at least. There is. There's a lot. There's a lot. I never realized there were so many. Yeah, we're on them all. Like when I when I go around and wear my Lex Buds hat and I go out, people are like, "Hey, where can I get the show? Is it on Spotify? Is it on this?" I just answer, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> it is wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, and it's free. Yes, our opinions are worth exactly what you paid for them. <laughs> right? That's a good way to put it. That's true. Yeah, I th- I think our opinions are very valuable though. We have we have some great insight on things i think so personally let me say this your comparison last week of the big 10 to the can't buy me love 80s classic movie i mean (laughs) that is probably a high mark for me if you haven't seen it go to our facebook page make sure you check out the video it is crazy and also as we promised we have an interview coming up uh, on a separate episode later this week which will also be on video and that is our interview with uh, former Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski. How crazy was that, man? It be, was, be honest, how crazy was that? As as somebody who was, I was a history major in college. The opportunity to interview a campaign manager for the current president of the United States was was just really cool. To to hear some of the behind the scenes stories, you know, just some of the stuff that goes on. You know, when he's on the airplane with Trump, when he's behind closed doors with Trump. <laughs> yeah. Just just some great, very cool stories. Regardless of what your feelings of Trump are and uh, what your feelings of Corey Lewandowski are, it's it, it's just cool, man. And, I, you know, I've talked about it on the show before. I'm not a huge Trump fan, but we, we don't care. We, we're nope. going to talk to anybody. We're going to talk to Republicans. We're going to talk to Democrats. We'll talk to anybody. And we've reached out to other people. We well, have. Let us say that. We have worked diligently for for how long? Like a month or two, trying to get in touch with people from other campaigns that are not on that political side. Mm-hmm. We're trying. It's just, you know, if they'll contact us back, we'll have them on too. And if anybody has any connections with anybody in the Biden campaign or Joe Biden himself, I would love to have him on. Wouldn't you like to have Joe Biden on the show? That would be swell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, leave. <laughs> what is it? Wally, Wally Beaver? Leave yeah. it to Beaver? That's swell. That's swell, Beaver. Gee, golly. <laughs> well, there, all right, now i got to move on. So there has been a ton of news, right? So there's been a lot of sports news. There's been a lot of news in the world. And even in Kentucky as of today, I mean, we had kind of a, a situation today. 
Um, and you were near the area. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yep. So breaking news. Well, probably not breaking by the time you listen to this, but just a little earlier today before we were recording this, a shooting broke out at Fayette Mall. I was actually driving by Fayette Mall. I was kind of at the red light in between the mall and the Target there on Reynolds Road. At the stoplight, we had a red light. And as we're sitting at the red light, police car after police car just starts turning into the mall entrance right in front of us. At least a dozen, probably 12 to 15 police cars just in a matter of minutes. And we're sitting there like, what in the heck is going on? And you know, my wife was like, is there a celebrity? Like, are they, are they escorting somebody? <laughs> Right. So, well, I don't think they're probably not. If they're escorting somebody, they're probably not escorting them to the mall. Unless you know they need to go to you know Sunglass Hut for something. Who who knows? You never know. Um, but of course, the first instinct is there had to be a shooting, which unfortunately turns out that's that's what it was. Um, at at the time of recording this, we have got reports that three people were shot. That suspects have not yet been identified. It appears to not have been random. It appears the shooter and the people who were injured at least knew each other. But other than that, we don't have many details. Brandon, uh, any any thoughts? Yeah, it's it's just crazy. You know, you never know when this stuff's going to pop up, right? And it's it's really strange because my wife was in the getting ready to go in the mall, right? So she called me. Uh, she's on Richmond Road. She's going to go spend a gift certificate at the mall, and. Uh, right when she's getting ready to get off on Nicholasville Road to go to the mall, she gets passed by all these police. And she's like, what in the world is going on? I just saw 20 cars. She got to the mall, there was like 30. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was crazy. And I just sit and, th- sit and think because, you know, it puts life into perspective a little bit because she was here eating at the house and she was taking forever to eat. And I was like, you just just take your food with you. Get there earlier because <laughs> the mall's going mall's gonna to close. Just take your time and go. If she'd actually listened to me, she would have been there at the time. Wow. Because she was there in the parking lot when they basically told them not to come in. So if I would have, if she would have listened to me, which shows what kind of advice I give, <laughs> right? I'm the world's worst husband. But no, I, it, it just makes you think, wow, if something would have been a little bit different, who knows what would have happened. But there were people actually in the mall that, you know, they're in lockdown, they're scared to death. So that's an even worse position. And unfortunately, there's three people injured as of the timing or the filming of this show. So... It's just crazy. You never know. And I would just always say, you know, be prepared. You never know what could happen. Don't be afraid all the time, right? I don't think people should walk around in fear of these things happening. But just be aware of your surroundings in case something like this does come up. Be aware, be prepared, but don't be scared. Yep, good advice. So yep. uh, thoughts and prayers go out to those Absolutely. injured and their families. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine being a... Uh, is that Siri? That wasn't my cereal. You know, it's weird. Sometimes cereal just pop up when I say something. Oh, yeah. My, me too. It makes you wonder if the government's listening. Maybe they just heard our conversation about this topic, and they're like, wait, <laughs> did these guys know too much? Yeah, we've already talked about a Trump campaign manager. And... <laughs> it's kind of freaky, isn't it? Wait, wait, somebody's talking about our campaign. Let's. Yeah, it's kind of freaky. Yeah, President Trump, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll take it if we can get it. Uh, all right, so we've got a couple other little news tidbits that we'll cover. We've also got the Sweet 16 of our restaurant bracket to go through today. We're mm-hmm. going to go. We're going to get this down to the Elite Eight today. Oh my goodness! And what there, a big moment! Yeah, there is. I mean, um, we've we've come a long way. We have come a long way. We're we, doing this thing. 
It is. We started with 64 restaurants. We're down to 16. We we may get down to eight. We may not because I have a feeling we're going to have some ties on this today. Ooh. And we'll talk about what we're going to do for tiebreakers in the next segment. Absolutely. But uh, anyway, moving on to a couple other news topics. Uh, let's start with the Senate race, Mitch McConnell versus Amy mm. McGrath. Okay. We've okay. talked a little bit about it on this show. Several polls have come out showing McConnell with a anywhere from six point to I think maybe seventeen point advantage depending on the poll that you What a variety. Yeah. Who comes up with these are they just who's doing these polls? Are they talking to the same people? I, I wanna know who who is the who are the people that actually participate. I have never, ever been asked to give my opinion on a political race. I wanna hmm. know who these people are that are being contacted for their opinions, because I never get it. Maybe it's because I don't ever answer my phone if I don't know the number. Well, so. it makes you wonder: Are they calling like landline phones? Are they calling cell phones? Because at that point, your your data is skewed, right? Because there's a, probably a certain age of the population that has landline phones. Some have only cell phones. It makes you wonder how accurate the data is, right? I mean, it is. I don't. I don't think. I, I think polling has become almost obsolete after the 2016 presidential election. Uh, there, there was one service that said there was a 99% chance of who the president was going to be. And, uh, spoiler alert, it's not the person that's in <laughs> office right now. So it makes you wonder, who's doing these polls, and are they yeah, worth it? It's, it seems to just be a giant waste of time. But anyway, McConnell's got a huge advantage. We talked about last week, McGrath has hired a new campaign manager. And this past week, Senator McConnell challenged Amy McGrath to a, quote, Lincoln-Douglas debate. Now, this is interesting for a couple reasons. One, McConnell has a huge lead in the polls. And you typically don't see the incumbent or the leader in the polls wanting to debate. Mm -hmm. Typically, it's the challenger who wants to debate. It's the person who's behind in the polls who wants to debate because they're, they're trying to catch up. They're trying to get in a scenario where the other person messes up, makes a slip, gets something they can run a campaign ad over and over again. To try to catch up. But that's not the case. McConnell seems to have everything to lose, you would think, by challenging McGrath to a debate. So when this came out, I kind of thought, huh, that's interesting. wonder why he would do that. But if you think about it, McGrath has historically been a very poor debater. Mm-hmm. She did very poor in the debates with uh, Andy Barr. Mm-hmm. She did very poor in the debates with Charles Booker. That's what let him get back in the race Absolutely. and almost beat her. So I think this was kind of McConnell flexing his muscles a little bit, that he knows he has a huge lead. He knows McGrath has no chance if, if they're debating. At least, at least mm-hmm. that, that's my take. And he, he, I think he's just kind of showing off at this point. Well, here's what I think. First of all, I think any candidate should debate against each other. Regardless of what the polls say, if you're 10 points ahead, you owe it to the public to come out and debate. So if McConnell's got a lead, fine. I still say you have the debate. I think not debating shows a lot about your character. I think debating shows what where you stand on the issues. When you get put into a tough argument, how do you handle the situation? And how do you overcome different difficult situations? Because all these debates put a lot of these candidates in gotcha questions. That's the big yep. thing right now. Well, you said a year ago this, but now you're saying this. It shows what they're made of. And I respect somebody more if they show up the, to the debate and maybe answer a question incorrectly than someone that abandons the debate altogether. You get respect for me if you show up. That's very true. At least have the debate. 
Um, McGrath responded that she she proposed, I believe, a series of three different debates spread out across the state, and she also wanted to include one of the independent candidates running for Senate, which clearly her idea for that is they can kind of tag team and team up on McConnell. At least that's really there's not a strategy involved. This is all goodwill. (laughs) No, of course. Stop it. You know that she only wants the people to hear from all three of them. Absolutely. Um, But but yeah, very interesting. McConnell challenged her to this debate, kind of a you know with no notepads, no in any props or anything allowed, just the two candidates on the stage in a Lincoln Douglas debate. Which, if if you're a historian. Do you know the procedure for actual, what the Lincoln, are you familiar with the Lincoln-Douglas debates? If they're similar to the current debates, everybody goes over time, they yell at each other, and there's a buzzer, (laughs) and nobody pays attention to it. Is that the origins of the Lincoln-Douglas debate? It is not. It's not? Okay. First off, the the Lincoln-Douglas debates were three hours. Hmm. You gave candidate one 60 straight minutes to talk. Candidate two got 90 straight minutes for their rebuttal, for their talk, and then candidate one got another 30 minutes for their rebuttal. Obviously no TV ratings involved <laughs> uh, with Lincoln and Douglas. Can you imagine listening to Mitch McConnell or Amy McGrath talking for 90 straight minutes? Do you think anybody would watch that? I can't listen to anybody talk for 90 straight minutes. That no, sounds that sounds miserable. like the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> if I'm Okay, now, that being said, I reject Mitch McConnell's uh, Lincoln-Douglas style <laughs> debate. That sounds absolutely terrible. I don't understand where the notebooks come in. You can have blank notebooks. I mean, you know, just come up a little bit and write in a blank notebook. But I do agree, you know, having pre-planned out. You know, a lot of these candidates do zingers. Like they have their one or two zingers mm-hmm. that they're going to use in their campaign ad. No, take those off the table. Give everybody one of those Mead notebooks or like a trapper keeper. A <laughs> trapper keeper, Trapper yes. keeper with a blank piece of paper in it. And that's what they get a write in. But don't bring any pre-planned scripts or zingers, one-liners. Those are... They're so bad, they're always forced, and I cringe when I hear them because I know they were planned out three weeks ago. They are very, always very cringeworthy. Ugh, I don't like it. So anyway, we'll see if any debates actually end up happening, format, whatever. Mm-hmm. Again, we've talked about McGrath probably at this point. Doesn't have much of a chance. So, But Amy McGrath, please come on the show. Please come on the show. Yes. We would love to talk to you. And again, I'm an undecided voter. I want to talk to you, Amy, so that you can convince me why... I should vote for you over Senator McConnell. And I will say the same thing as well. Oh, you are undecided as well. I'm totally undecided voter because... Okay, two. uh, You you have now doubled the number of undecided voters that you can talk to. Absolutely. So we'll be in touch, Amy. Two for the price of one. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Other news, also in Kentucky, involving one of our other senators. Brandon, did you hear about Rand Paul's thoughts on the U.S. Postal Service this week? Rand Paul never disappoints with, with, with his opinions. I'll be he's just always got just when you think the world's normal, Rand Paul just throws a you know a elbow in there and just like, He really hey. does. I feel like every couple months Rand Paul just has something just kinda what in the world is he talking about? What is he thinking? Yeah. So this week's Rand Paul What in the World Is He Thinking involves the Postal Service, which seems to be a very popular topic these days and probably will be for the next couple months. Uh, his statement, basically he is not wanting to kind of bail out or fund, give any more money to the post office until two things happen. He says they need to decrease their, their labor force, which, okay. I mean, that's 
Seems like a fairly reasonable thought. He's, you know, if they've got too much cost in labor, okay. And that's something that's done in the open market now, too, so it yeah. matches up with that. Okay, I'm with no, you so far. No, nothing crazy about that. Mm-hmm. But then he adds a second stipulation to the post office, which is he thinks that mail should not be delivered. And I don't know, the. I'll probably butcher this exact quote, but it was something to the effect of that if you live 20 miles down a dirt road, that mail should only be delivered to you two times a week. And okay. tell you what, that, that kind of made me angry. Because let's think about this for a second. Who is he gearing that towards? Okay, It's not people who live in Lexington or Louisville or mm-hmm. Bowling Green where Senator Paul lives. Hey, I guarantee there's no 20-mile dirt roads in any of these towns. He's talking about people in eastern Kentucky, if we're, if we're getting down to it. Okay, so you just came out and said, you're not holding back. Absolutely. Where, where else would he be referring to? Where else in Kentucky are you going to find a 20-mile dirt road? Yeah, there's not... Well, there's a few places, but I would say a majority would be in the eastern part of Kentucky Certainly. in the hills. Yeah. Majority. So yeah. he's he's talking to, you know, Billy Ray at the head of Perk Creek, who... You know, I actually know but, a guy named Billy Ray who had a perk tree. That's interesting. That's okay. funny. Um, he's he's basically saying the people who probably rely on the postal service the most, people in rural areas who obviously don't have the best access to health care, who may be relying upon getting their medication through the mail, who may be reliant upon getting their you know food stamps or whatever services they receive through the mail. I mean, do people in Eastern Kentucky not already have enough challenges than dealing now with not get, able to get stuff through the mail on time? I mean, what, people legitimately need get their medication through the mail, so we're going to try to limit that. It, it just makes no sense to me. I mean, there's so many things. Eastern Kentucky gets screwed on so many things, and now we're not even going to be able to fund the post office to get them their mail but two times a week. And that's the area that is going to be impacted by this. Yeah, and the other option is, I'm just going to throw this out there, is you could just increase the cost of postage. It, to me, unless I'm missing the boat on something here, and I could very well be missing it, the, the post office is still cheaper than a lot of uh, places that are on the market. I won't name them as to not disparage them, but there's sure. other places on the market that are more expensive. I still find it fascinating that for like 50 cents, I can send something from one side of the U.S. <laughs> to the other in a few days. People are like, the post office is inefficient. I'm like... Dude, I, I get like a couple quarters I found in my couch. I can send something from Florida to California. Across the country. You're t- across the world. That is a heck of a deal. It is. It is. A, the post office is a great bar. I don't even know what the cost of a stamp is and, now. And I guess that's what I'm saying. If they doubled the cost, if they doubled it to a dollar, I would still be in shock. I'd be like, wow, a, a buck? And I can send this across the entire country, all 50 states. Or I guess it wouldn't cross all 50, but I can get from one side to the other for a buck? Great. I think it's way underpriced. That's just my opinion. Now, the people that go out and buy books of stamps and stuff like that, they're like, shut up, Brandon, you're an idiot. <laughs> now, now it's going to double my cost. But for me, I think it's amazing that that happens. I do think it may drive a lot of people to do electronic bill pays and stuff like that because a lot of people do pay their bills through the mail. So if you increase mm-hmm. the postage, you may decrease the usage. But I'm sure there's a formula there that they could look at to where they can increase the cost of it to, uh, you know, to fund the services. I don't like limiting it to two days a week. I mean, you should be equal in your mail delivery service. But maybe I'm wrong on that. I know it's a little bit more inefficient to drive 20 miles on a dirt road, but we all pay our taxes for these services. We, exactly. should, get the, we should get the same service. Agreed. 100%.
And I, I think that's what frustrates me is that, you know, these essential ser- I consider the mail to be an essential service. I mean, it's just like ha- having running water, which a lot of people in Eastern Kentucky don't have that either. So, you know, this is just, again, another way Eastern Kentucky's getting hosed. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you and I grew up, you know, at, at my dad's house, we had well water. We didn't I have well water. We didn't the have the city water. Man, you know? that was for the fancy people, Tyler, the <laughs> city water. Yeah. So, again, just something else that seems like this is going to affect Eastern Kentucky more than anywhere else. So, more than anything, that's what frustrates me out of all this yeah it is frustrating who knows what'll happen i mean this is Rand paul's idea and like i said he has some ideas where he thinks outside the box where i'm like hey good for Rand paul and then he has some where i'm like just go somewhere else and do something and this is one of those everybody deserves everybody pays the same taxes for it everybody should get the same service no discrimination on the post office do their job continue to do it 100 percent. couldn't agree more we're actually in agreement on something brandon that's surprising it it is really strange i'm not i'm not used to this i know all right, we're going to come back in segment two. We're going to talk some sports. We've got some recruiting news. We've got some updates on the Kentucky Derby, on Kentucky high school sports. The big mess up by the Cincinnati Reds announcer. Boy, was that a... I can't wait. Shoot. We're going to play that. We're yeah, going to play it. We're going to play the clip in case you missed it. But most importantly, Tyler, this is most important. We're going to do part of the food bracket. Yes. We're in the Sweet 16 right now, and we're digging down to eight, the Elite Eight by the end of the show. We're going to do half of that bracket in the second segment. Yes. I can't wait. It's going to be much fun. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Segment Welcome back to segment two, episode 19. 19. I can't believe we're all... That's a lot, Tyler. 19 seems like a big number to me. It's it's one away from 20. That's correct. And it's one more than 18. <laughs> there we go. That's our analysis of the 19th episode. Yeah, this episode brought to you by the number 19. So we're going to get into some sports real quick, and then we'll jump into the restaurant bracket. Yes. We know is what everyone is really here for. Yes. Uh, do do we have the clip ready of Tom Brenneman, Brandon? Oh boy, is, is so, that ready to go? Uh, yeah. Why don't you tell a little bit about what happened uh, to Mr. Brenneman? Okay, so Tom Brenneman, the play-by-play announcer for Cincinnati Reds at Fox Sports Ohio, you know, just uh, an, another day. You know, Reds were playing the the Kansas City Royals. Was, I believe it was a doubleheader. You know, just. I'm sure one of hundreds of games that he has broadcasted probably didn't anticipate anything exciting was going to happen. But between games, apparently there was a microphone that was still on that Mr. Brenneman was unaware of and made the unfortunate mistake of making a homophobic slur while he was on the air. And this this was to a national audience. This was being broadcast all across the country. There was no doubt that it was could have been t- intended any other way. It was very clear. Uh, you, if you haven't heard it, you can go on YouTube, you can go on Twitter, you can find it. I, I, I don't. Think We're not we, going to play that. We, part. we don't need to say the word that was used, but it was it was a slur. We've all heard it, but we're not going to play it here. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so we we will just leave it at that. You can find it if you want. And let's 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 just play it. Yeah, this this is. A really interesting apology because he came. Oh, sorry, on, yeah, sorry. This we're playing the apology. Yeah, we're not going to play the slur, but we are going to play the apology. One of the more interesting apologies I've ever seen because there was a home run hit right in the middle of the apology. Yeah, so the slur occurred pregame, and 
this was like maybe the fourth or fifth inning, I yeah. think, before he even addresses it. And while the game is starting, while the first three innings are being played, this is just blowing up on Twitter. I mean, he was the number one trend on trending topic on Twitter at one point, which can be a really good thing or bad thing <laughs> for for you personally, right? Yeah, there that for him definitely not good in this case, mm. and I mean, just just really shows how. I mean this this Let, guy. Let's play it. Let's play it. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to it. Let's play okay. it. I'm gonna play it. Here we go. This is Tom Brenneman. I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess. Uh, went out over the year that I am deeply ashamed of. Um, if I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize for the people who signed my paycheck for the Reds, for Fox Sports Ohio, for the people I work with, for anybody that I've offended here tonight. I can't begin to tell you how deeply sorry I am. There we go. We'll stop it at that. So, yeah, so many interesting things about that. First of all, it took four innings to get to. Mm -hmm. Number two, there's a home run hit in the middle, and he has to make a snap decision. Like, okay, do I stick with this apology, or do I still uh, do my job and cover the What the are the run? odds of that happening, dude? I mean, I'm not laughing at the slur, but the situation and the apology itself, just the timing of it is... Very ironic. It's odd. It's mm -hmm. one of the more odd apologies. What, what other apology have you seen where they have to announce a home run in the middle? I mean, th this is probably what's going to be most remembered about this whole thing. It's not going to be the slur. It's going to be the apology. Yeah. I mean, this this is what, I mean, people are going to remember from this whole situation is that while apologizing, yes, uh, there's a deep fly ball in the left field. <laughs> going, going, God. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's so bizarre, man. And and to to have not only the slur, but then the apology... In the fourth inning, while hitting a home run, just so weird. Well, and this goes back to a story we covered. It may have been four or six weeks ago. I can't remember. There was the the, the guy at Keeneland that mm. is no longer allowed to come into Keeneland because of a post that he made on Facebook that had, needless to say, some very insensitive remarks. That yeah. would be a nice way to put it. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to help him out here, I guess, a little bit. But um, it's. I feel like it's the same situation where I feel like people in this situation have surrounded themselves with people that don't tell them that this is not okay. Right. You know what I mean? You, mm -hmm. you don't say stuff like that at work or anywhere if you don't. If unless you have people that say, you know, don't do that. I feel like they're surrounding themselves with people that are either too scared to say something or that agree, which is even more scary, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Exactly. But, when you get surrounded by yes men all the time and nobody's going to tell you anything, this is what you end up with. Now, the other side of this, I, this brings up another topic of what a lot of people refer to as cancel culture, right? Mm -hmm. People make mistakes. This guy's been on broadcast for years. How many hours of broadcasting does he have? I mean, he's been doing, I mean, he's in his 50s. He's been doing this a long time. We, we've done 19 episodes of this show, and I'm sure there are things we look back on and are like, well, that was stupid. Why did I say that? This guy's probably got decades worth of material. 
Now, I'm sure he didn't use this language in all those, but on the other half of me thinks, well, people make mistakes, and we if we cancel every, everybody for every single mistake, there's not going to be any people left. We all screw up at some point. We will screw up at some point. I can guarantee it. <laughs> Oh, no, no, I, I've actually called you after we've recorded a show and, and said to you, hey, can, can we cut that part out? Do you, do you mind editing that out? You never said anything bad, by the way. No, it was, it was nothing <laughs> to the you level think. of Tom Brenneman. Yeah, Tyler's not a, doing the Tom Brenneman here. It was like something small. He's like, eh, I wish I would have said it different, but it wasn't anything bad. So I want to clear that up. But, you know, I'm just not a fan of, of canceling people over a, an incident. Just in general, regardless of what anybody says about anything. If somebody said an insensitive remark about people in eastern Kentucky and called us names or what, I would say, you know what, I probably could have done it better, but I'm going to move on. I, I don't like to see people lose their jobs and their livelihoods based on one mistake after thousands of hours on the radio. I don't know how you feel about it, but that's just my general feel about anything, whether it's this guy or anybody else. Well, he's he's. I think currently he's suspended. I don't think they have made... And correct me if I'm wrong. Have you heard anything? If he's been last, I heard he's been suspended. Yeah, uh, I don't think any decision has been made whether they're going to fire him or keep him on. At some point, I I, th- I think the Reds and Fox Sports are gonna they're gonna have to let him go. I mean, this this it just blew up. When you're the number one trend on Twitter for something you said, I, I feel like at that point. I don't think Fox Sports and the Reds have a choice. I think they have to. But let me ask you this. Are you for... In another way, aren't we a country of second chances and accepting apologies? Absolutely. Okay. And he he deserves a second chance. I don't think he should be banished from the broadcast industry, but if if you are Fox, if you're the Cincinnati Reds, I mean, can you imagine the pushback and... The That's where anger it'll come from. That would they would get if they let this guy broadcast another game. Yeah. And that's that's what's I mean, even if they're considering keeping him, they've definitely got that in the back of their mind thinking, okay, how how much are we gonna be in the news? How much are we gonna be Well, to be fair though criticized if, for keeping this guy on the air? If if the protester the protesters could could easily outnumber the people in the stands at a Cincinnati Reds game, first of all. Even during non quarantine times. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I mean it's not gonna take much to scare the Reds, probably they're not used to seeing they may actually welcome the, the protest crowds. It may <laughs> drive more money. But, you know, it, it's a really tough call. I get it if they let him go and he can go somewhere else. I also understand giving people second chances because, you know, everybody messes up at some point. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and call for anyone to be fired. That's that's not my job. That's not that's not my place. That's between Tom Brenneman and I understand Fox both sides. I guess is what I'm saying. It's a tough call. I understand both sides, regardless of which way they go. I get it. Yeah, tough spot. It's it's inexcusable. What he said is inexcusable. The context in which he said it is inexcusable. Mm-hmm. It, it sounded very clear that this is a word that he uses often. I mean, I, I don't think I've said that word. I mean, if well, we don't it, really use you and I either one, it's, yeah. it's weird when we hear this stuff. You and I never. Yeah, that's say, not a word that's part of my daily or in, it's part of my conversation with anyone. I've, I haven't heard anyone say that word probably since high school was <laughs> yeah. the last time I heard someone use that word. I mean, that's just something people don't say anymore. And the fact that he clearly uses that in so many conversations that it comes out while he's at his job. That's another thing. Even if he thought the microphone wasn't on, dude, you are still at work. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm at work, I'm a little bit of a different person. Okay. My, I am much kind of on stage. I am being much more professional than just mm-hmm. me and you sitting here. Everybody is. Yeah. You're choosing. That's why people are exhausted after work. It's not just the physical, it's the mental. Yeah. Yes. You're putting on, a, whether you're the person at the register at McDonald's, you're putting on a happy face for a hundred people a day. You're not like that all the time. Exactly. <laughs> it's exhausting. People should be professional regardless of what they're doing. I'm just, I'm just surprised because you and I, I don't use any of that language, whether it's this or anything else. I think that's why whenever we hear these stories, we're like, why would you do that? I, I don't understand where people are coming mm-hmm. from. Just be nice to people. Yeah. And I, I think you <laughs> hit it that he is probably surrounded by people who he's used that word and nobody's ever said anything to him because he's the the big national TV guy. So probably not anymore. Anything. Yeah, not anymore. Maybe we could get Tom Brenneman on the show now. He probably doesn't have anything to do right now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> tell you what, we know how to butter up our guests. Amy McGrath, you're not going to win. Please come on the show. Tom Brenneman, you ain't got anything to do. Come on the yeah, show. Why not? Yeah, why not? Okay, let's move on. The Kentucky <laughs> Derby announced after initially saying they were going to have, I think, 20,000 fans in attendance that they are now going to have no fans in attendance. So if you were planning on attending the Kentucky Derby on September 5th, Hold your horses. Oh, I wish I had like a doo-doo. I need to get a symbol over here. We do. Hold yeah, your horses. I, I, That's a guy. No, you were pulling I, that one I up. was saving that one up for you. So I, I tell you, this shocks me. This really shocks Does me. Does it really? It did. Because who has more power than the horse industry? Especially in, within the state of Kentucky. Andy Bashir. I, I, I don't even think Andy Bashir has more power than the horse industry. Yeah, that's true. They they control everything. They they fund both parties. They get anything that they you know, we get the the historical racing at Red Mile, the gambling, no other gambling in the state, but you can gamble on horses. Well that gambling's different, you know that. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. It is. Absolutely. So the fact that they have been pressured into not allowing fans really, really surprised me. I think the fact that it's the city of Louisville being a hot spot and just maybe the overall pressure they're feeling that if, heaven forbid, if something, some kind of outbreak did result from them having the Derby, that it would have been just extremely bad Well, you know, for them. but on the other side of it, though, when he made this initial announcement that there could be fans and there was twenty to 25,000, we know, almost 100% certain, that if you put twenty to 25,000 people in the same area... One of those people is going to have it. They're going to have the virus. Mm-hmm. Probably. At, yep. at least. So there was already a calculated decision that there was going to be something. We're not stupid. So one in 25,000 people probably are going to have it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to spread it. They're going to be drinking each other's mint juleps, <laughs> eating their hot browns, betting on horses, uh, drinking a lot, you know, bumping shoulders. Ah, that's yep. great. That was already a calculated thing. So apparently the risk is just a little bit greater now. But, you know... I don't know that we would have had all the celebrity fanfare and things like that anyway, even if there had been the fans. You know, if you're a celebrity, are you going to come to the Kentucky Derby where it's so much more subdued? I mean, part of it is, you know, you'd be the most famous person there because nobody else is coming. <laughs> True. But the other part is you might catch the virus. You're going to be in this gigantic crowd. So I'm not surprised that this happened. We've seen a lot more uh, restrictions just in Kentucky on a lot of things with the virus trying to get under control. The last month has seen some of the biggest numbers we've had as as far as number of cases i mean it's mm-hmm. it makes three months ago look like you know great 
<laughs> I mean, we're getting like six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand people a day. That's a lot. The other weird thing for me is that this has all been done during the mask mandate, and I don't understand how this is happening. You know what I mean? I don't think the masks are causing it. I'm not trying to say that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying we're doing all this stuff. A lot of places are compliant, yet we're seeing our biggest numbers we've ever seen. And this has been in place for a month. Mm-hmm. When I go to the source, people are wearing them. Oh, that, yeah. that concerns me a little bit. I'm sure that the masks help, but part of me is like, man, how are, how are the numbers so bad and everybody's so compliant? That freaks me out a little bit. And yep. I don't know the answer. Yeah. Yeah, we we kept hearing, you know, you have to factor in everything is from what we were doing two or three weeks ago. Well, it's it's been over two or three weeks. It's and been a month. Still not getting better. It's freaky. So definitely concerning. That probably played a big role in. Yeah, the Derby Downs thing. I'm not surprised. I mean, run run the race. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know what the ratings will be like. I have no clue if they're anything like the NBA. It may be just be the Kentucky Derby. The environment is part of it. You spend six hours. Usually in the rain, the announcers are out there in the rain. It rains every year, it seems like. They talk about the celebrities that are there, the crowd, mm-hmm. the infield, all these different things, just like you talked <laughs> about last week point. with basketball. They all make for this whole day, and the derby's only two minutes. Mm-hmm. It's the whole day experience. Now we don't have that. That's true. I'm, what is the pre-race coverage going to be like? Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's going to be sad. Maybe we should do the pre-race coverage. Hey. Now. Not a bad idea. We it, could we could do a Facebook Live. It's a pretty bad idea, actually. That's you, why nobody you, else is doing it. You, we could make some mint juleps. Sure, why not? I, I guess so. It. We'll, we'll think right. about that, actually. Okay, we'll we'll check on that. We'll get back with you mm-hmm. guys. All right. Uh, last thing before we get into restaurant bracket, KHSAA said this week that uh, well, they actually had I guess a board meeting where they voted to allow high school sports to go on <sighs> this fall, with practices actually starting tomorrow. And games, at least for football, I believe we're starting September 11th. Again, I am shocked at this one. I do not, and I think I said this a few weeks ago, do not understand how you can say that it's safe for kids to come to their high school campus to play football, but it's not safe for them to come to learn social studies. I do not follow that logic. I still say, even though it's scheduled to go on for now, I still say there is no way... High school sports are happening this fall in Kentucky. No okay. chance. Okay, so uh, wait, are you are you for the argument that says, well, okay, if they can play football, then they can go to social studies, so they should go in person? Or are you saying that, hey, it's so unsafe to go to social studies, they shouldn't have football? Which which side are you on? Yeah, I, I'm saying that if, if it's not safe enough to go to school to learn, then it should not be safe enough to play football. Okay. Now, we had a uh, former U.K. linebacker, one of the greatest players of all time at U.K., Marty Moron. We did, yes. This has been a few weeks. I can't remember. Maybe a couple months ago. And he's part of the Let Them Play uh, movement that has a group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And his argument is, uh, I think everybody understands that there is a risk. There's obviously an inherent risk involved. His argument is these kids need leadership, mentors, and something to do, do and focus on. You know, these these juniors and seniors in high school, for example... They've been play, waiting for these years their whole life. You know, they've been playing and building up to this thing and then to have it taken away, that's a really tough thing to do. Mm-hmm. Imagine somebody took your senior we played basketball. Imagine somebody took your senior year of high school basketball away. It would have been devastating. Yeah, I mean, when I was in high school, I was an idiot first of all in high school. I didn't know what I was doing, but most, I just went to to school to play basketball. You know, I had to go to class. I I did pretty well, thankfully in class. But I was mostly concerned about what we were doing in practice, who we were going to play that, you know, the next day or whatever mm-hmm. it was. 
and I had something to look forward to all the time. Trust me, I did not look forward to going to biology class. Shocker. I did not. I wasn't like, man, I can't wait for this biology class. This is going to be so good. I'm so excited. No, that didn't happen. I, you know, we had sports. So when you take that away, that is going to wear on some some kids. There's no way that it doesn't. So there, there's an argument to be had that, you know, taking away these sports takes away their mentors, their focus, and their drive to do some things that they may not end up doing in school. No doubt. I agree with everything you just said. I think it's just, if you have sports but don't have school, to me, that says you think that sports are more important than school. Yeah. That's that's just my take. That's my two cents. Well, this is going to go back to what we're going to do with college football. Okay. We're, we're seeing University of North Carolina just said, nope, no more in-person school. We're going virtual. We're mm-hmm. done. This is. I'm worried that this is going to trickle down everywhere. We know that when we get a lot of people together, something's going to happen. How many times have we said that on this show? I'm sick of this damn virus. <laughs> sick of the damn thing. We've said it for two or three months. You put a group of people together, it's going to happen. Yep. So you have to take that into account when you make these decisions. It should be said that at the time of recording this, we record this on Sunday evenings. On Monday, I believe there is a protest scheduled in Frankfurt, which I feel like there's one every day. I'm protested out almost. (laughs) There is a new protest every day. But this one is for the Let Them Play group, which I just talked about. And they're planning on going to Frankfurt tomorrow, uh, Monday, for the protest. So I don't know what's going to happen. But if if they do decide to go forward with sports under the assumption that nobody's going to get sick, that is a really bad assumption because they will. Mm-hmm. It's all a matter of how much risk you're willing to take and what steps are you going to take if that's going to occur. Are you going to cancel everything or are you going to quarantine the people that get sick? Yep, and we'll we'll try to have some coverage of that uh, if you follow us on social media of the Let Them Play protest uh, to, to at least give you an idea of, of what's happening. So make sure you're following us at LexBuds on Twitter for your... I'm tired of this negative talk, play. Tyler. I'm tired of it. All right. We've had some bad news to start the show. I feel like <laughs> Debbie Downer right now. I'm done with it. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. I want some good news. Can we please move on to the food bracket? I think that's what everyone's here for, so let's do it. Oh, we are going to go to the Sweet 16, and starting today, if we have a tie, we are putting this up to vote to you, the fans, on our social media pages on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we had one tie last week between Sonic and Texas Roadhouse. So just to update you, we put that up for vote on Facebook. An overwhelming amount, I think 92% voted Texas Roadhouse over Sonic. Brandon, how how did that make you feel that you were so wrong? You were in such a small minority of about 8% that thought Sonic was better than Texas Roadhouse. Well, first of all, we talked about how polling is skewed in the first segment. So I believe this was a skewed poll. How was it skewed? And, and, this, and this poll was rigged. Oh, it was rigged. I believe I put a picture of both restaurants on there, both restaurants' logos. I listed them alphabetically, so Sonic was first. There was no biasness. It's bi- biasness? Is that a, was that a word? Yeah, that's a word. I, I hope so. I can't wait to look that up in a minute. Okay. All right. <laughs> so anyway, we had that. Uh, in in the uh, tiebreaker, Texas Roadhouse did beat out Sonic. But we're in the Sweet 16 now. We're going to go through um, the four matchups in the Sweet 16 in this segment. And then in the last segment, we'll get to 
the last two, uh, four matchups. So let's get to it, Tyler. Let's let's roll with this. Okay, so we've got in the McDonald's region, we have two matchups. We have the one-seed McDonald's versus the five-seed Domino's. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Cinderella story, the highest seed left in the bracket, the 14-seed Panda Express going against the two-seed Texas Roadhouse. Okay. We've got a couple interesting matchups here. We'll start with McDonald's. McDonald's versus Domino's. Brandon, I'll let you go first in this one. Well, okay. So I give Domino's credit. They they revamped their strategy. They have some great commercials. They revamped their recipes. And their pizza is is way better than it was. But they set the bar so low (laughs) that... You know, I don't know how big of an improvement it actually was. Yeah, it didn't take much to improve it, yeah, for being honest. exactly. On the other hand, McDonald's, they've been around for a long time. You know what you're going to get every time you go in there. They they really haven't changed anything. It's been very similar for a long time. If you go back and look at their old menu when they first started, they had the filet of fish the burgers, mm-hmm. the fries, the nuggets, and it's still good today. I didn't even know what was in the nuggets when I was eating them when I was younger. <laughs> Apparently now there's 100% uh, 100% white meat chicken. Surprise me. You could have just given me the other stuff. I was enjoying that just <laughs> as well because the dipping sauces are good. The fries, the nuggets, the burgers, and the McFlurries. Very underrated in the ice cream department. I'm going with McDonald's just because they have such a variety. They've been around for a long time. They're consistent, and they always deliver. And you're leaving out the thing that makes my kids happy, which is the Happy Meal. <laughs> I mean, you you look at most places, their kids' meals. Some of them are like five, six dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get a Happy Meal; it's like two ninety nine or something. <laughs> it I mean, makes you wonder, doesn't and it? And you you get the the burger, you get the fries, you get the apple slices, you get a toy. I mean, I don't know how they get the Happy Meal prices so low. It's amazing. It's it, it frankly kind of scares me that it's. I so think cheap. I know how they get it, but I don't want to talk about it while I'm feeding my kids that food. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I'm going McDonald's. Because my kids love it, I love the breakfast, the French fries, the okay. Diet Cokes. I go, I got McDonald's moving on. Okay, so this was a solid victory for McDonald's. There was no doubt on that one. Okay, interesting, very interesting. Now this one I do have to ask about because I know for a fact that you really like both of these restaurants, and this is uh, the number fourteen seed Panda Express against the number two seed mm-hmm. Texas Roadhouse. This is a big one. So Texas Roadhouse barely made it out of the round of 32, but I know you have talked about your love for Panda Express as well. What are you thinking on this one? This is a big one. This is, and this is probably one of the tougher matchups for me to pick because I've really grown to love Panda Express recently. I'd never eaten it until about a year ago, and once I tried it, I kind of got hooked on it. Mm -hmm. Texas Roadhouse has been... A staple for me going back a long time. You're already shaking your head. Like, no, it's fine. What do you got to say? <laughs> Go on. Panda Express has had a great run as a 14 seed. I think they have exceeded everyone's expectations making it to the Sweet 16. But for me, Texas Roadhouse is a Goliath in this tournament. I think they are a force to be reckoned with. We've talked about the rolls, the stakes, the atmosphere. I just have a good time going to Texas Roadhouse. It's just a fun, lively atmosphere. Everybody's always having a good time. Everybody's cracking their peanuts. I just—it's just a good time. I, I never—I never regret going. Tyler, to Tyler, I'm Roadhouse. tired of Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> I'm tired of this Texas Roadhouse love. I'm done with it. 
It, they throw peanuts in the floor. When I asked you what you liked about Texas Roadhouse, you said they throw peanuts in the floor. Okay, so your favorite thing about the Texas Roadhouse is they throw food in the floor. I'm more concerned with the food that's on my plate and that's going in my mouth. Yes. That's what I want. Panda Express in this one, all the way. Texas Roadhouse is just another steakhouse. What's their signature dish? Their steak. Okay. That really sets it apart. That's really good. I mean, you you say it's another steak. Like steaks are a bad thing. Like, are are you anti steakhouse? Like, no, I love. You, you I said love that steaks, about. But I can tell you, too. I can tell you several places that not only do steaks, but they have another signature dish, like Outback. Outback has the bloom and onion. Mm-hmm. So not only do they have the delicious, juicy steak, they have something else that's even more well known. The other well known dish at Texas Roadhouse are peanuts that you throw on the floor and the rolls. And the rolls. Give me a break. Don't forget man. the rolls. Oh, I'm forgetting the rolls because they're 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 not anything special, man. I'm going to stop at Texas Roadhouse on my way here next Sunday and just pick up a box of rolls. And All right, well, you, you I'm are go- going to change your mind. I'm going Panda Express on this one. Okay. Uh, I don't understand the Texas Roadhouse thing. I don't get it. Okay. This one's going to have to go up for vote again, <sighs> Texas Roadhouse. I'm going to take Texas Roadhouse out if it's the last thing I do. I think you are underestimating how many people love Texas. This is... You, if you thought Texas Roadhouse over Sonic was a massacre, let me tell you how bad Texas Roadhouse well, we'll put it up to a vote, Panda Express We'll put is it up to be. a vote, won't we? This is going to be, I mean, this is going to be... That's fine. ...an absolute bloodbath. They may have to call this one off before it's over. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Well, we'll see how it goes, won't we? All right, we'll fair enough. We'll see how it goes. All right, so we're going to put that one up for a vote, and the winner of that matchup is going to go on to um, battle against McDonald's, which I don't envy anybody going against McDonald's. That's going to be tough. They're, they're, That'll be your elite eight matchup for a reason. Absolutely. So let's move down to the Chick Fil A bracket and go down to the next uh, matchups there, Tyler. Okay. So we've got the one seed Chick Fil A going against the four seed Fazoli's, okay. and in the last matchup we have the six seed Hardee's against the ten seed Chatters. We we referred to this as the bracket of death, Brandon. These <sighs> are brutal. four really good restaurants it's brutal these may be four of my favorite ones left and they're all going head to head man so so what do you got on this one so we're going to start chick-fil-a fazoli's you know my thoughts on chick-fil-a fazoli's i love fazoli's there's mm-hmm. fazoli's by my house we go there probably once a week chicken parmesan the breadsticks <sighs> so good excellent but chick-fil-a the chick-fil-a break i got chick-fil-a breakfast on saturday I got the breakfast burrito. Ooh, which, I haven't had that yet. Yeah, I mean, you got the breakfast burrito, you got the chicken minis, you got the chicken biscuit, you got the chicken egg and cheese bagel, the hash browns, and that's just for breakfast. That's not even getting into their other meals of the day. So for me, I got Chick-fil-A all day long. Fazoli's, I love you, but you you have just met your match in this one. Maybe any other restaurant Ugh. in this bracket, I might go Fazoli's. I mean, like you said, it's about matchups. I got Chick-fil-A. Oh, man, this one pains me so bad because when I came from the hills of eastern Kentucky, Tyler, and I came to Lexington, I thought I was king of the castle when I got my Fazoli's spaghetti with meat sauce. King of the castle. King of the castle. I thought I was king of the world. You know, I was I was Leonardo DiCaprio on the front <laughs> of the Titanic. I'm the king of the world! I've got these breadsticks, and I got this spaghetti and meat sauce, and their pizza is so good. It pains me to say that I'm going to have to take them out of the tournament because I think Chick-fil-A, if we went to a vote, 
on Facebook or on Twitter, Chick-fil-A would win in a landslide. And I have to take that into account. I don't want to fight the Fazoli's battle, even well, though... No, 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 no. You, you should vote for the one you think is the best, if you think Fazoli's. No, it's a 50-50 with me. Okay. It's a 50-50. And, and I'm giving the edge to, I think, who would vote online. Okay. It's really difficult for me to pull Fazoli's. I love Fazoli's, but it's got to go. I agree with you. Like I said, if it was any other whenever restaurant... We, whenever we travel now, we try to stop at exits that have Chick-fil-A's. That's I, a, that says a lot to me. I agree. We stopped uh, to and from Florida on our vacation. We stopped Chick-fil-A on the way there and Chick-fil-A on the way back. Yep, so I'm going Chick-a-flick. Okay. <laughs> that's what, what my mom, mom called it. Yeah, she didn't <laughs> know how to pronounce it. Chick-a, she called it Chick-a-flick. She combined so. Chick-fil-A and Netflix. Yeah, Chick-a-flick. <laughs> It's Chick-a-Flick. Yeah. Hey, maybe that'll be a great partnership. If Chick-fil-A and Netflix combined somehow, you could watch Netflix while you're at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I won't tell you what she called the uh, Publix grocery store when she tried to pronounce it. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for a different oh, show. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is a family show. But uh, when she said she wanted to go there, nobody was excited. <laughs> so we'll move on. What's the next matchup, Tyler? <laughs> oh my god, that's that's hilarious. It is okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, Whew, didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I didn't either. Okay, uh, we got the six seed Hardys against the ten seed Cheddars. Man, battle the Titans on this. I'm one. We'll let you go first on this one, sir. Tyler, this again. You mentioned it. This is this is a brutal bracket. Whoever can, this is the Kentucky bracket, mm-hmm. right? They put four Final Four teams in the one bracket against Kentucky. That's yeah, what they do all the time. Yeah, you got Kentucky, and as Cal always says, they put the Lakers in their bracket. Absolutely. So this one's really tough. It depends. They're two totally different restaurants. But for me, I've got to say Hardee's is going to win by a nose on this one. Mm. They have the thick burgers. They switched up their whole thing. They went to thick burgers. Any place that has the gall to say no we don't we don't serve burgers no we don't do that we serve thick burgers okay you've won me over already right there (laughs) their chicken strips are some of the best out there for fast food chicken strips that you know at a burger place they're phenomenal my kids like the kids meal there i gotta go hardy's on this one even though i love cheddars i absolutely love cheddars it's like making me pick between my two kids (laughs) i pick hardy's but you gotta pick one i gotta pick one i'm going hardy's yeah, Hardee's is a lot like Domino's in that they were kind of one of the... And this was even their tagline for a while when they came out with the Thick Burgers that they went from being the last place you would go for a burger mm-hmm. to the first. Because Hardee's Burgers, before the Thick Burgers, were absolute trash. They were. They were horrible. Like Nobody wanted to go eat at Hardee's. Mm-hmm. They completely redid their, their menu, and it was a vast improvement. Yes. But... To me, as we just eliminated Domino's, I love Cheddar's. Mm. I love so many things on their menu. Okay. You talk about variety. You can get just about anything there. The appetizers are great. The meals are great. The desserts, also great. You get it for a very cheap price. To me, there's not a better bargain, a better bang for your buck mm-hmm. than going out to eat at Cheddar's. Okay. I've loved it for a long time. I remember we we used to go Cheddar's on your birthday, when we were in college. We didn't we went to Cheddar's for your birthday. Yeah, even we? when it wasn't my birthday, you made up that it was my birthday. <laughs> Do you true. remember that? Yeah, we did, didn't we? There, you ordered them to my table, and then you said, "No, it's not really his birthday." And I was like, "Yeah, it is, but it is my birthday." <laughs> you know, I was, and it wasn't. 
I thought it was. No, it wasn't. Oh, no. we were just pretending to, yeah, get, to get you a free Yeah, you were dessert. pretending to do it, but I was already bought into the point to where I was trying to convince <laughs> the waitress that, yes, it was my birthday. Uh, the things we do in college. That, 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 that's how we got our kicks in college, We trying to get free desserts at Cheddar's. It's a good thing there wasn't like <laughs> cameras on every phone and Facebook everywhere when we were in college. Right. Thank goodness. These kids today have no idea. Yeah, so I feel like I owe Cheddar's, too, because, because I ripped them off for a free dessert for okay. you. I feel like it's the least I can do to put them to the lead eight, so this one's going to have to go up for a vote, Brandon. All right, so here's what we're confirming. We're confirming that we are going to go to a tiebreaker to our audience with Hardee's versus Cheddar's, Correct. along with the tiebreaker we had in the other bracket, the McDonald's bracket, Panda Express versus Texas Roadhouse. Yes. This is getting intense. The matchups are getting tighter. Things are getting closer. The stakes are more valuable. Now, yeah. right, see? See what I did there? This is pretty intense, Tyler. It is. I, I think that we're going to have some, probably some more tiebreakers coming back on the next segment too. If it's on one of them that I'm thinking, you're, you're, <laughs> I'm going to have to over. But anyway, we've got an, a whole other side of the bracket. We've got more sports news coming up, um, and we'll catch it on the next segment, right? All right. Yeah. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Third and final segment. Welcome back. Third and final segment, episode 19, Lex Buds and Pick and Roll. We have a couple more UK-related sports topics to go through, and then we're going to finish out the second half of the Sweet 16. Let's start with the Sweet 16 food bracket. Food bracket, yeah, because there's no actual basketball being played. What a shame. Yeah, I, I, I can't talk about it. I'm still so sad we didn't get to fill out a bracket for the tournament. All right, maybe next year. Yeah. So, the week started off for John Calipari not so good. We lost yet another recruit to the Duke <sighs> Blue Devils. The number one ranked power forward. I'm going to butcher his name. I can't pa- wait. That's why I was waiting for you to say it. I can't wait for you to say it. Go ahead. Paulo Banchero. Who I thought, which I thought was uh, a meal at Taco Bell, um, <laughs> but apparently he's the number one rated power f- power forward. Should we edit that out? No, is that inappropriate? No, Michael Scott. <laughs> Go ahead. That wasn't. No, you're fine. Yeah, that was uh, that was almost as cringeworthy as Tom Brenneman's apology, wasn't? Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Moving on. Um, so yeah, lost the number one. I, th- I think it's safe to say one of their top overall recruits that was atop their recruiting board that they thought they had a legitimate shot at just kind of out of the blue announces he's going to Duke. And we're like, crap, man. How many guys over the last four or five years have we lost? I feel like we lose every single guy we target to Duke. And it's getting I, old. I'm getting sick of it. I mean, we lost Zion Williamson. We lost Jason Tatum. Luke Kennard, uh, Cam Reddish. I mean, all these guys that at one point were seen as Kentucky leans, all of them ended up going to Duke. So now we have yet another one. Can we Can we just, can Coach K retire? Because I'm tired of losing all these guys to Duke. Well, apparently uh, the addition w- with Kenny Payne leaving, I think that may have played a role in this, possibly. Now, it could have been all along he was going to Duke. Mm-hmm. But I think everything will be solved by the addition of Bruiser Flint to the uh, recruiting circuit. And insert sarcasm. Because <laughs> I don't think... It's like, you know, you take out your best big man recruiter, 
and you replace him with somebody that, to my knowledge, is not a big man or any man recruiter, <laughs> as far as I know. Mm-hmm. And it just makes you wonder, you know, have we seen the glory days? There, there's a part at the last episode of The Office where Andy Bernard says, I wish there was somebody that could tell you when you're in the good old days and you could appreciate them. Yeah. Because once they're over, you look back on them and you're like, wow, those were the good old days. Mm-hmm. See, another Office reference. We, we, are we never stop. Them. But I feel like the good old days, I, I feel like we had a window of about five or six years where we caught the college basketball world completely off guard with a one and done. Mm-hmm. We Everybody was like, oh, God, what do we do? Are we going to do it? Or are we not? Everybody's freaking out while Cal is running the train down the tracks and just killing it on every level. However, that window closed. We only got one title out of it. And could have had four easily. Could have had. That's the bad part. Because we had a window, you got to take your window of opportunity when you got everybody else on their heels to deliver the knockout punch. Mm-hmm. And we knocked them down once, but we could have gotten a TKO, three knockouts, and been team of the decade easily. Now it just looks like we're getting our AWS kicked by Duke basically whenever they want. Yeah, we are getting our butts handed to us by Duke in recruiting. We're, we're basically getting our second and third choices at every position. Duke's getting whoever they want. And then we get whoever's left after Duke picks out the guys they want. It's frustrating when, when we were what on do we top do about for it? So What long. do we do about it? The one thing is there is talk and rumor about the addition of Jai Lucas or Jay Lucas. I think it's Jay. I'm going to call him Jai. Well, whatever. Jay, Jai. Uh, and if you recall, I mean, when, when his regular recruitment was going on, I followed it like nobody's business. Everybody Him did. and Patrick Patterson. I remember going to Kentucky Sports Radio. And refreshing the page back when I didn't even know what that was, I was like, "Oh, this guy's got a site. I'm going to click on that." Um, you know, I kept trying to get refreshers on what was going on. Now we're probably going to end up doing that again w- with him as a coach. I still don't know if that's the secret sauce. I, there's something lacking. I don't know what it is. You talked about it on the last show where it seems like Cal is surrounding himself with his friends versus people that can actually just be top-notch recruiters and get whoever we want. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that. You know, surrounding yourself with friends while showing loyalty is going to get the job done in the end. I yeah. don't know. I, I'm getting I'm getting increasingly worried about this. Yeah, like I said, we just need Coach K to retire so that Duke can become irrelevant, like it was. He's a vampire. He I don't there. think he I don't think he ages. <laughs> He's like a vampire. It's weird. Uh, it's not going to stop. I think he will. I think Cal will retire before Coach K does. <laughs> he, he may very well may. Um, so. That that started out with a pretty crappy week in recruiting, but then we see Calipari kind of starts hitting the recruiting recruiting trail pretty hard and really starts zeroing in on a guy named Nolan Hickman, who's a West Coast guy. I believe he's from Seattle, which is surprising. We don't get a lot of those West Coast guys. We don't, and most of those West Coast guys have not panned out very well. And you look at Johnny Juzang, one year transfer, Quade Green. A year and then a couple weeks transfer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kyle Wilcher, two years transfer. Jamal Baker, two years transfer. Like the, these West Coast guys, for the most part, I think Terrence Jones may be the only West yeah. Coast guy who actually panned out. Mm-hmm. So we're we're gonna see. Uh, Nolan Hickman made, I guess, kind of a surprise announcement that he was going to go ahead and commit to Kentucky, and. The rankings for this guy are all over the place. 
He is rated on Rivals Recruiting Service as the 76th best player mm-hmm. in the country, which by Kentucky standards, we don't typically recruit the 76th. We recruit the seventh guy and the sixth guy, yeah, but not usually the 76th guy. We recruit guys that go end up playing for the 76ers, <laughs> but not the 76th ranked recruit. Exactly. So number 76 in Rivals, but... 24/7 Sports has him as the number 30th ranked player. But to be fair there and here's here's the other thing. I do not know. If I came on this show and said I know everything about this guy and he's just going to pan out, he's under the radar, he's going to be great, I would be completely lying to you because I can't even say that about our top 10 recruits. Look at Khalil Whitney. What a complete bust, Scal LaBCA. Mm-hmm. Complete bust. EJ Montgomery. EJ Montgomery. <laughs> you you don't even know based on their rankings. Even if they're a top 10 recruit now, Based on the rankings, you don't even know if they're going to be good. You do not know until they put on the uniform and they get past the first 10 games of the season where we're playing Appalachian State or some scrub team and we actually play somebody. Mm-hmm. We don't even know then. We could have the number one recruiting class with five of the top 10 players in it in the country. It doesn't matter. We don't know what they're going to do when they get here. I have taken a wait-and-see approach with Calipari's recruiting because for the last five years, I feel like a lot of stuff has fallen flat with recruits. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just my perception. I'm going to wait and see what happens when they get on the court. I can't even get excited for the recruiting battles. I don't follow them that closely because I have no clue what if the rankings mean anything. It's just tough, man. I used to live and breathe recruiting rankings. I loved it. But now it's just you don't know what you're getting anymore. That's that's good. That's a really a good way to put it. And you know, you could spin this however you wanted. You could say, oh, he's underrated, or, oh, 24-7 Sports has him 30, Rivals doesn't know what they're talking about, having it number 76. You could spin this and say, oh, well, he's number 76. That means he's going to be a two-, three-year player. Well, <laughs> that, we don't have we, those we've, anymore. We've learned that lesson that, you know, Jamal Baker, Johnny Duzang, those guys that we think are going to be the two-, three-year players end up leaving just like the, the one-and-done guys going to the NBA. So I'm absolutely I. It's hard for me to get excited about any recruit anymore. The only time we have four-year players for senior night are if they're grad transfers or walk-ons. <laughs> We're not getting them anymore. Yep. If they stay here two years and they can't make it to the NBA, they think there's something wrong with Cal, so they leave. Mm-hmm. There's no way to get them there. We don't have four-year players anymore. I don't so know. this again, we'll we'll wait and see with this guy. It'll be interesting to see if his recruiting rankings improve. Typically, there's kind of that Kentucky bump when somebody signs with Kentucky or Duke or Kansas. They they somehow mysteriously get better and start moving up the recruiting rankings. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens with Nolan Hickman. Hopefully, it will. I mean, he's. I mean, still one of the one of the top two or three point guards probably wait in see. the country. I'm going to wait and see. <laughs> but Brandon's not getting excited. Nope. I, Show not, me something on the court. I'm with you. I'll, I'm going to wait and see as well. Okay. Thank you. Let's talk about football schedule. It is now official. We've got a 10-game SEC football-only conference schedule set to kick off on September 26th. It was released uh, a couple weeks ago. We talked about it on the show, but I thought today, Brandon, we could actually go through each game real quickly, and we're just going to say win or loss for that game. I'm going to write them down so that at the end of the season we can look and see how wrong we were. Ooh, it's a lot of pressure. And we'll see what we think. UK football's overall record will be at the end of the season. Before we get to that, let me just say we're all winners because the SEC had a backbone and stood up when the Big Ten said, no, nah, we're not going to do it. So first of all, we're all winners 
on the fact that as of right now, mm-hmm. there's going to be college football. Probably two weeks in, they'll cancel the whole thing. <laughs> but as of right now, we have a schedule and we can go forward. I'm super excited about it. I can't wait. Let's run through the schedule. Okay, let's do it. So first game, week one at Auburn. Not not the ideal game, probably starting out of the gate, but you could also look at it and say, well, if you're going to pull off the upset, why not get them week one? Everybody's had less practice. I take Who Kentucky. Who knows what can happen? I, I take Kentucky. Just for the reason, I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> Catch them early. I think no matter how many games we win every year, Kentucky is perpetually going to be the checkmark win on everybody's schedule. So those Auburn players are probably thinking, okay, we can get through that. When do we play Alabama? Nope, not yet. Okay. <laughs> I think people are still going to overlook us. Our offensive line is one of the top uh, offensive lines in the country. Terry Wilson is back, supposedly, according to practice reports. He's looking a lot better. He's running you know, back close to 100%. We've got a lot of weapons. Right now is the time to do it. I'm going to go win on that one. Okay. Kentucky, week wow. one over Auburn. Win at Auburn. That's right. War Eagle going down. We don't down. lose at Auburn, Tyler. We win, <laughs> we, we win games at Auburn. Yeah, I'm sure we have won games there at some point. We have. I'm, I'm going loss for this one. Even though it's the first game, I think week one, I think every team is going to be sharp week one because they're going, everybody's going to be chomping at the bit to actually play a football game. I don't think anybody's going to overlook anybody week one because everybody's just going to be excited to be actually playing a football game. So I'm going Auburn's probably going to be the pretty heavy favorite in this one. Okay. I think, I think we're going to lose this one. Okay, that's fine. Okay, week two, we've got home against Ole Miss. Ole Miss, probably one of the two or three worst teams in conference. With it being at home, I got a win. In yeah, that we, let's go with a win on that one for both. Win-win. Yeah. Okay. If we don't win that, we're in trouble. <laughs> that's true. And then week three, also home against Mississippi State and their new head coach. What's what's his name? The He's a good guy. What's his name? What? Mississippi State? Yeah. Leach? But, yeah, yeah, Leach. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Leach. We we've been trying to get him on the show. He's, yeah, we're working on that. I'm working on an interview with Coach Mike Leach right now. I just uh, emailed with him. Oh. But good. long story short, we're gonna beat him. So I, Mike, don't listen to this beforehand. <laughs> but we're gonna win. And good luck next year. Yeah, so maybe we can catch him while he's while he's here in town. Brandon says win. I'm also going win. Now, maybe two or three years from now when he gets that offense up and running, that's going to be a dangerous I, game. I dread it. I don't want to have to play them every year because that offense is going to be... It's like playing the, the Tim Couch Kentucky teams. Because mm-hmm. of the offense they they run, they can beat anybody on a given night. you got to be really careful. They become very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Just not this year. Yeah. we still got a year or two. I think we can beat up on them before he gets it going. Week four at Tennessee. Brandon, I'm sick and tired of losing Tennessee. I was actually here at your house last year when we couldn't punch it in from the one-yard line. I remember us both just being absolutely devastated. It had another soul-crushing loss to Tennessee. I'm not picking us to beat Tennessee anymore. I'm going loss at Tennessee. Tyler, even if they were the number one ranked team in the country, just for the visceral dislike for Tennessee and that puke color of orange i cannot ever in my life say that tennessee is going to beat kentucky i can't i can't say the words so because i can't verbalize it i'm going to say kentucky's going to win okay. i can never say that tennessee is going to win never wow although history is not on my side so you've got us starting out the gate four and oh brandon yeah why not four and oh. why not this is interesting okay okay week five let's see if you continue we've got the home game against georgia Georgia has absolutely owned Mark Soups during his time here. I don't, even, I don't know if we've even had a game that was really uh, even close against Georgia. And it will continue. 
<laughs> I'm going to go with a lot. I mean, you have to lose some games during the year. This is the SEC. By this point, we're week five. We're going to be beat up, too. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to be beat up. So I, I got to take a loss on that one. Yep, I'm one loss as well. Week six at Missouri. It's on the road. So Missouri. I guess anything can happen. Missouri. 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 I am going Cates in this one. Missouri, we've kind of owned them recently. They they had a good year or two several years ago, and it's done. Mm-hmm. That w- that was their glory days. Mm-hmm. They're going to look back on that and say, wow, wow, I wish I would have appreciated that even more. Because yep. it's not coming back. Yeah, that was back before they joined the SEC. Yeah, so it's not happening. So you got to win. Kentucky, yep. All right, win-win. Next week, we got home, Vandy. Can we just can we say that's a win? If we don't beat Vandy, then I'm not showing up for the show anymore. <laughs> We're going to beat Vandy. Everybody beat Van, Vandy beats Vandy for Pete's. They're terrible. <laughs> well, if we lose to Vandy, it probably would not bode well for the next game, which is at Alabama. Ooh, win? No, I'm just kidding. No, loss. Yeah, loss. <laughs> but can I just say that you know a lot of people are like, man, I wish we wouldn't have got Alabama because it's almost like an automatic loss. Alabama is the barometer for how successful you are as a program in the SEC. Mm-hmm. You can play them and say, okay, how good are we really? We've beat up on Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Vandy, but how good are we? We'll play Alabama, and you will find out quickly. I like having that gauge to see where we are in the overall class of the SEC. And if you come close, even if you come within a couple touchdowns, it puts other teams on notice like, holy crap, Kentucky got within two touchdowns of Alabama. So it's a good barometer of where we are as a program. It's a loss, but it's a loss that I'll take. Same here. Same. I'm, uh, that's that's kind of a no-lose situation. Nobody expects you to win that game. Mm-hmm. If you're competitive, I think people are happy. You can play if, that one loose. If you somehow win, then you've shocked the world. Mm-hmm. Next game at Florida, another team that we just continue <sighs> to seem to find ways to grasp... <laughs> defeat from the jaws of victory at Florida. I actually think we're going to pull it out in Gainesville Ooh, this year. I'm really? going with a win. Really? Because we dominated them for three quarters last year and let it slip away in the fourth quarter. We've got our whole offensive, most, a lot of our defensive line. I think we're going to control them in the trenches again. Throw in Terry Wilson. We had our backup quarterback who was injured in that game. Okay. Otherwise, I think we dominated Florida last year. All right. I'm so I think we are here. the better team. I got win at Florida. All right. Who was the quarterback that came in and came in? Um, uh, it was the the transfer guy, the guy who came. Uh, that, that, that Kyle transfer. Trask. No. You're talking about for Kentucky or Florida? No, for Florida. Oh, I was talking about for Kentucky. We had our backup. Quarterback. That was the game after Terry Wilson got I, I, hurt. I agree with that, but also Kyle Trask came in uh, last year and absolutely dominated us. Yeah, because they took their starter out, or he got hurt. I don't remember. Did he get hurt? Um, the starter got hurt. I think he? his feelings got hurt because he was doing so poorly. But they brought him in, and he absolutely owned us. Well, f- true, but historically speaking, whoever the backup quarterback is for any team against Kentucky, we get owned. They could put me and you in as the backup quarterback, (laughs) and somehow we would throw for 300 yards against Kentucky because that's just how our luck runs. Yeah, and Kyle Trask came in and absolutely dominated us. He's going to be there again. I was actually hoping, I was sitting here typing in, please tell me Kyle Trask uh, graduated, and that's not the case. No, he's only like a sophomore, I think. Yeah, so he's going to be here. He absolutely owned us in that game, absolutely destroyed us, 
and he's there again. I have no reason after that performance. I have no reason to think they're not going to win. I'm going to take a Florida victory in that one. Okay. Unfortunately. All right. Last game of the season, home South Carolina. I'm going to win in this one. We've pretty much owned South Carolina the last few years, and yep. then with it being at home, I got a W in that. We, one. we beat South Carolina. Okay. It's again one of those teams that if you're going to be consistently good in the SEC, you got to beat them. All right, so that means Ooh, what's what's the final Brandon, tally? Here? You have us going seven and three. Mm-hmm. I say six and four. Well, I mean that's fair. It's I, the SEC number one. We don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We're we're playing all SEC schools. This is the most brutal year that we're ever going to have. All SEC. At the same time, we have no clue on a week to week basis who is going to be playing for these teams because we are dealing with a pandemic. Yes. You could be dealing with a situation where we play Florida, where Kyle Trask and Felipe Franks get sick, and we, they play with you know their backup quarterback and probably still smoke us because we lose to backup quarterbacks. But <laughs> the point is, we have no clue how the season's going to play out. We know that um, kickoff starts in gosh, what when is it? September twenty sixth, I think. Gosh, so we're still about a month away. It'll be here before you know it. I hope that it goes forward. I like what they've done with the schedule. I like being able to play all these teams, and it shows everybody else in the country how the big boys do it. This is big boy football, all SEC. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Amen, brother. And there better be two SEC schools in the playoffs. The Big Ten and Pac-12 are gone, so we don't have those phonies trying to get in to the playoffs, right? Mm Mm-hmm. This is this is for the for the big boys. We're all putting our big big boy pants on. We're playing big kid football. At least two teams from the SEC deserve it because we are going to beat the crap out of each other for ten weeks. <laughs> yes, they are. So it's it's, it's going to be interesting. We we could lose to Vandy. We could beat Alabama just because of people are out sick. Yeah, we have no idea. And the same could happen to us. Our world could get turned upside down this year, and we only win one game. Mm-hmm. We have no clue what it's going to play what's going to play out. And speaking of having no clue how it's going to play out, let's move back to our final segment of the restaurant bracket. Yes. We've got the other half of the Sweet 16 to fill out to try to get down to the Elite Eight. Uh, Going to the Taco Bell region, we've got the one-seed Taco Bell against the five-seed Shake Shack. Tyler. And then we've got the six-seed Zaxby's against the two-seed Raisin Cane's. Let me tell you this right now. So the first matchup Mm -hmm. is Taco Bell versus Shake Shack. Mm -hmm. You better not. Say that Shake Shack is better than Taco Bell. You you better not go there. Because Taco Bell, I rated them a number one seed for a reason. Mm-hmm. They come through on everything. I could eat everything on their menu, and I could do it at a cheaper price than any other place that is in this 64-team bracket. Mm-hmm. They have great sauces, great tacos. They even have party packs now. They call them party packs. Trust me, you do not want to go to a party with Taco Bell. Okay, <laughs> That's something you want to eat on your own because the feeling that you have after you eat it, you're probably not going to want to be around a large group no, of people. No, you're not. But the food is, I, I love it. I don't care what the hell it is in the taco. I'm assuming it's meat. If it's not, it's a great meat filler. Um, I just love it. I love everything on their menu. Shake Shack is overpriced. There's a thousand other burger places. They're right in the middle of it. And Tyler, if you go against Taco Bell on this one, you are doing a disservice to humanity. Brandon, I'm looking at the whole bracket trying to find a restaurant that I would pick Taco Bell over. You better and, you and, better not. And I'm struggling to find a single restaurant. This is so skewed. This, Ma- is, this is not fair. Maybe IHOP. Oh, God. 
maybe Big Boy. But the other sixty-four rest, the other sixty-two restaurants in this bracket, I would rather eat at than Taco Bell. You are kidding me. No. You're gonna put Shake Shack over Taco. This is not even close. I feel like what are you doing? You just yourself exclaimed you don't even know what's in the meat. It doesn't matter. I didn't know what was in the in the chicken McNuggets for twenty years. Now they claim there's chicken in it. I don't care. Let me put some sauce on it and dip it in there, and it's gonna be good. Same thing with Taco Bell. I open up the taco, I put some of the fire sauce in it, I close it up, and I put about ten or twelve of them down. And it's great. I don't care what's in it. See, that's that's the difference between you and me, though. I I I have I have a standard. I it is a low standard, but I do have some <laughs> level of standard. Jeez. Okay. For what I'm willing to eat, and you're telling me I can get a, a meal uh, for sixty nine cents. That I mean, I, I equate Taco Bell to you're, you're rolling the dice going to eat at Taco Bell. To me, that's but, like eating a gas station hot dog. But no, oh gee, you're killing me now. But wait, you just talked about value when you talked about your argument for Cheddar's. What kind of value are you getting out of Shake Shack? How expensive is that? Have you ever looked at the bill when you go to Shake Shack for, <laughs> for a burger and fries and shake? They are ridiculously overpriced. So where's your value? There, there is no value whatsoever to Shake There's Shack. There's no value. Okay, so what's your argument? Because Taco Bell is just disgusting. What I don't, I, I just cannot. Like I said, not even knowing what I am eating is just I, I can't do it, man. I, I've not eaten Taco Bell in at least fifteen years. This is really disappointing. I can't. I can't believe you're saying. It. Why? Sh- why do you always? But Shake Shack break- is delicious, even yeah. though it's overpriced. It is delicious. I love Shake Shack. I told you last week it was my favorite restaurant we ate in New York City. That that says a lot about your food palate, Tyler. <laughs> this, this is what I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with somebody that went to New York City, one of the world's finest places for cuisine, and Tyler comes back and says Shake Shack was his favorite. Mm-hmm. That, this is what I'm dealing with. The line was down the street to get into Shake Shack, by the way, in New York City. I'll have you know. But the line went down the street for Taco Bell. Probably a line for the bathroom. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that's true <laughs> but I mean I, I, so that says all I need to know that says all I need to know your, so, your thought on hey would you go to New York City what would you think about the food well Shake Shack was good <laughs> I mean you've just I'm a, yeah total Eastern Kentucky in jeez I bet that you was, went to the Pizza Hut buffet too didn't you <laughs> if I'd seen one I would have I, that, this is what I'm dealing with this is okay so this one's gonna go up for a it's vote it's gonna go up for a vote that's fine Taco Bell versus Shake Shack you are killing me here, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm dragging Taco Bell to the Final Four, kicking and screaming. Yeah, you're going to have to. Let's go it's... to the next matchup. <laughs> you're killing me. Okay, we got the Battle of the Chickens. Chicken, chicken, chicken. Which restaurant are you picking, Brandon? We've got <laughs> Zaxby's versus Raisin Cane's. This is a tough one. These are probably two very equally matched teams, in my opinion. The chicken at Cane's, I will grant you, is definitely better. But Zaxby's gives you more options. You can get a salad at Zaxby's. You can get different types of sandwiches. You can get, uh, I think they have the, the wings. Cane's does one thing, and they do it very well. Zaxby's gives you more variety. Okay, so, so what's your answer? What's your after that analysis? What is your answer? 
I'm probably going to have to go... We're going to have to go Canes. Just if I'm saying... If we're looking at just the, the value of the chicken, the tastiness of the chicken... Also, now you Can- want to consider value. Okay. Canes, get you Canes that is better. Okay. Canes in this one. Zaxby's is good. I don't go to a chicken place to get a salad. That's like going to McDonald's <laughs> to get a salad. Nobody cares. It's nice for your buddy in the back seat that doesn't eat chicken or meat. You get them a salad. But if you're going to a chicken restaurant, especially a greasy chicken strip restaurant, you want good chicken. Canes has the best chicken, the sauce, the Texas toast, the fries, and the underrated drive through greeting. Chicken, 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 what combo you picking? I'm picking Canes all day long. They're great. I love Canes. I'm going to be really, if Taco Bell wins our vote, I'm real interested to see who you pick between Taco Bell and Canes. I feel like that's going to be tough for you. I feel like you, you have hyped both those for a long time. I'll lose sleep over it. And I can tell you, it's going to, Taco Bell is going to win over Shake Shack. You're probably right. Mark that down. Yeah, you're probably right. Just like Shake Tex- Shack. Just like Texas Roadhouse is going to win over Panda Express and so Whatever, on. man. All right, we're going to go down to the bottom bracket. The number one seed lost last week, Outback, defeated by Culver's. Very and, surprising result. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So we've got the eight seed Culver's against the five seed Cheesecake Factory and the six seed Qdoba versus two seed Chipotle, the Battle of the Burritos. <sighs> Big let's, ones. Let's start with Culver's and Cheesecake Factory, two places I don't think anyone saw making it to the Sweet 16. It's all about the matchups. It totally all is. All about the matchups. Cheesecake Factory had a cakewalk, if you may. <laughs> To get, to get to the Sweet 16, defeating Old Charlie's and Panera. Yeah, titans of the industry. Jeez. I mean, could you have gotten an easier draw than God, that? That is the Duke draw of the bracket. I'm sorry. Totally is. So I'm putting an end to Cheesecake Factory right now, if you're going with me, Brandon. Okay. I got Culver's all day long. I love Culver's. I ate there again this week. Love wow, it. you're a big fan. I, I'm going Culver's as well. Highly underrated burger restaurant because they have way more than burgers. I won't repeat it because we've talked about it in past shows. Culver's, if you haven't went, please go. It is delicious. I absolutely love Culver's. Culver's in the Elite Eight. Who would have, who would have thought? I mean, it? it's good. It's really good. A heck of a lot better than one of the other places you picked over Taco Bell earlier. But we'll move on. <laughs> I'm not bitter, though. Oh, man. All right, last one. Battle of the Burritos. Kidoba versus Chipotle. To me... This is easy. Chipotle. I feel like a million bucks after I eat a Chipotle burrito. I don't know what it is. I I, I actually think that there there's there's something in Chipotle that is just it's just healthy. I feel I feel great. Like I, I eat a burrito, I just feel like I, I could go take on the world. I just feel <laughs> so good after eating a Chipotle burrito. I could eat it every day. I get the steak burrito every time. Mm. I got Chipotle. All day long. Yeah, Chipotle, If I cannot count the number of times I've went to Chipotle. One of the biggest reasons I moved to this area of Lexington was because there was a Chipotle nearby. <laughs> I thought that was like a bonus. It's like, well, you know, I like that floor plan okay, but there is a Chipotle five minutes down the road. That was a big so, fact. Ma- major financial decision, is there a Chipotle <laughs> nearby? Yes. So, on the other hand, let me say this. Chipotle's getting a little skimpy with their meats. Oh. And you know how I feel about another similar restaurant, Subway. Mm-hmm. Subway, you have to ask for double meat on the Subway sandwich to get the amount of meat that you need to fill a regular size sandwich. And I feel like Chipotle is getting there. I have to ask for extra meat to get the amount that mm-hmm. I was getting a few years ago. Yeah. 
That is a problem for me. And it's getting to the point to where I'm getting very angry about it. Oh my goodness. Is it enough to make you vote Kidoba? Tyler, I, the more that I've thought about it, Qdoba gives you more meat. They have more toppings. They have jalapenos, cilantro. They have a different kind of cheese on there. They've got a barbecue sauce. They've got more options on the food. Now, mm-hmm. I go to Chipotle because it's closer mm-hmm. to my house. Probably somewhat healthier. I don't know. But only because they are serving less and less meat on the burrito, and I have got to take a stand. 2020 is the year about taking a stand. <laughs> right? Everybody protests about something. Everybody wants to comment about something. I'm going to make a stand today and say because of the Chipotle meat practices, I'm going to stand up and say that Qdoba should win this battle. <laughs> Based what? on what Qdoba is doing, they're self-sabotaging themselves. I'm going Qdoba. Brandon, I am in shock. I can't. Oh my goodness! I I, I feel like Fred Sanford. Like, oh, you, 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 you hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. Oh my! You you love Chipotle more than anyone I have ever known in my life. You always talk, you know the people at Chipotle. They know you on a first name basis. They they start getting your burrito ready when you walk in the door. You go there so much. They do. They 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 chat me up, and the people there are fine. But the practices are becoming very similar to Subway. I used to like Subway. Now I have to pay a premium to get the meat on the sandwich. Now I have to pay a premium to get the meat in the burrito. I don't have to do that at Qdoba. Man. I I can't I really am in shock. I've got to take a stand. I think that Chipotle is healthier and the ingredients are probably higher quality, but you don't get enough of them. So what's the point? Man, I, I I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just in total disbelief. Look, don't screw me over on the food. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it with Subway. We talked about it with Wendy. I was ready to pit. I had already written, started writing Chipotle <laughs> in on my bracket. I'm like, well, there's no way Brandon's not voting for no, Chipotle. No, I, I got to take a stand. It's like Wendy's. You know, they served a burger. Now they serve a sausage biscuit-sized burger and a small thimble size of chili for a small chili. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. It bothers me. And Chipotle is going right down that same so road. So w- would you rather that they just raise the prices? Yes. And then give you the Let normal... me make that decision. Okay. But don't let me get in line. Um, I'll take a chicken burrito. Yep. <laughs> let me take these five nibbles of chicken and put them with the with one pound of rice that they put on the burrito. <laughs> well, I didn't want a rice burrito. I wanted a chicken burrito. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's just, it really ticks me off. Wow. I don't like being screwed up. Let me make the decision. Don't screw me over in the line. Let me make the decision on if I want to pay it before I get in line. This is going to be interesting because I, I I think the general public might go Kidoba. I don't know. One. I don't know what they'll it's, do. But it's going to be a heck of a, a heck of an interesting race to watch. So we will put that one. So that leaves us four matchups up for vote. Four matchups that went ahead and moved on. So what we will do, we will put those four matchups up for vote on our social media pages. So make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at LexBuds, so that you can have your voice heard. Hey, this, this is the democratic process, okay? Be a good citizen and make sure you participate in these very important elections. Yeah, this is important. Who do you want to have the one shining moment at the end of this tournament? Exactly. This is what this all comes down to. We all want to, want to hear, is it Teddy Pendergrass? Yes. Yeah, we want to all want to hear Teddy Pendergrass sing one shining moment for our particular restaurant 
or fast food place. And you're not going to get it if you don't participate. Let me say that you all are participating at a, <laughs> at a very high rate. When it comes to food, everybody gets really excited. I was surprised by the amount of feedback that we're getting. And I didn't anticipate this many ties. Um, so Half this, of them. Yeah, so this is going to be tricky. This just shows how close things are getting. We're starting to get down to the nitty-gritty. We're getting down to the top tier of our restaurants, at least in our opinion. Yep. And uh, it's going to continue to get closer as we go down to the Final Four. I'm interested to see if Taco Bell or Texas Roadhouse make it. What if, what if Texas Roadhouse wins? How upset are you going to be? They won't if win. They, if, they, if they win the whole no, thing. No, if they do, I'll pull a Tanya Harding and I'll send somebody in to <laughs> kneecap them, and they won't win. I'm not, I can't allow that. I can't hmm. allow Texas Roadhouse to win. Hmm. You sound like Donald Trump. You're trying to make sure you, you rig the system. Oh, so no. All right, thanks, Donald. Oh, jeez. Now we went down that way. <laughs> We went down that way, didn't we? Uh, I'm just kidding. No, no, you, you kind of do. Uh, well, this was an interesting show, Ty. We covered breaking news, sports news, and we sort of whittled our Sweet 16 down to the Elite Eight. Sort yeah. of. We've, we've got an Elite Four right now. <laughs> we've got an Elite Four. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LexBuds. Look us up on Facebook, LexBuds and Pick and Roll, and go to our website, LexBuds.com. We're always trying to post uh, unique content there, and we've got a, a bunch of views all over the country on the website. It's really weird to see all these views come in from just every corner of the continent. It's really United strange States. how people find their way to us. It's But they do. They do. It's really strange. But uh, I enjoyed the show, Tyler. We're going to try to uh, keep plowing on next week. Make sure that you uh, check out the full video podcast, too. This is our first full video show. Yes. I hope I did my makeup okay. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't do any makeup. We'll see how it goes. And we'll be here next week uh, drinking bourbon out of our kiss glasses. and Mine's now empty. And yours is now empty. And talking about food, which is what we do best. It is. Food and bourbon. Absolutely. Talk about it all day. We'll see you all in the next episode. Stay classy, Kentucky. Kentucky.